When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. But his ghost lives on and on. Never did get any Golden Globe Award. Never made it to Synanon. He was an outlaw, that's for sure. More of an outlaw than you ever were. Lenny Bruce is gone, but his spirits live in on and on. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. one song at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Freewheelin' Rob Kelly. And joining us this week to talk about Lenny Bruce from the 1981 album Shot of Love is fellow Bobcat, Michael J. Fillmore. Hi, Michael. Hi, uh, Rob Kelly. How are you? <laughs> you can just call me Rob. We don't have to be so formal. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so uh, Michael Fillmore, are you any relation to the uh, Fillmore East or Fillmore West concert halls? Well, I don't, uh, I don't know that I am. I'm, more, uh, I'm Midwest, so I don't know if that counts for anything. So we probably have common ancestors, I'm sure. Probably. Uh, anyway, thank you for doing the show. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's uh, an, an honor. Thank you. So, uh, like I said, before we get to Lenny Bruce, the song, not the person, uh, I have to ask you, Michael, uh, because this is your first time on the show, how did you become a fan of Bob's work? Well, I was, I've always been a, a big classic rock fan. And then uh, when the 30th anniversary concert came out, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, when that... Uh, when Good that, one. When that came out, um, I, I guess I was 14, something like that. Oh, God, and, I'm so old. No, <laughs> no, uh, we'll just say I was 30 um, when that came out. Uh, so I, I was I heard it on the radio and I I hadn't I wasn't familiar with the song and, and not really familiar with Bob Dylan. But uh, I was like, huh, kind of a neat song. Oh, wait, that's is that Tom Petty. What is that? George Harrison, Neil Young, Eric Clapton. Well, who's this? other person in here and then they said on the radio that it was it was bob dylan so i just went out in search of things after that um and yeah just kind of got obsessed after that and uh that obsession hasn't waned any over the years so. so that's interesting so that it was that concert that got you hooked on it that uh yeah that song they were playing it on the radio it was like a single that was out on uh, on classic rock radio at that time and uh so i heard it i kept hearing that song you know every few hours or whatever wow and uh so I got to hear more of this. So, yeah, that's a deep cut for them to play. I, yeah, I got to say, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know a lot of stations were celebrating Bob and playing a lot of stuff, but that's a that's a particularly deep cut. Wow. Yeah, it is. Uh, have you have you seen him live? I have um, probably more than 20 times, less than 30. I'm not sure exactly how many times, but nice. Yeah. Wow. Saw him for the first time in uh, Mankato, Minnesota in uh, 1996, I think it was. So it would have been right or about a year before time out of mind. That was also where there were people stage diving, a lot of uh, people mm. jumping on the stage and then falling back into the stage, which is not what I expected to see. And I've never seen it since. I saw it that night and I saw it the next uh, concert in Dubuque, Iowa. And then I have never seen it again at a Bob Dylan concert. But Yeah, re- read the room, people. Come on. That's, yeah. not, uh, <laughs> that's not what that's about. So, uh, like, what's your view of seeing him live over the – I mean, you've se- obviously you like it if you've gone yeah. 25 times. But, I mean, you've seen a range of things at this point. When you've seen that many shows, you've seen a lot of different songs performed, yeah. a lot of different approaches. I mean, what, what do you feel like? you get out of it when you go see him live just just seeing what what songs he's going to do what he's going to do with them there's there's definitely uh uh 
some uh, just some awe involved, maybe borderline idolatry or full-blown idolatry. I don't know. But um, just being in the room with – you've mentioned this before too, that you, you can – you're in, in this room and, and like, holy shit, there's the guy. There's That's mm-hmm. him right there. I, can I cuss? I, I just cussed, I guess. Sure. But, go right ahead. All right. Well, I'll try and – yeah. We're all adults here. All right, that's good. <laughs> so uh, it, you know, it's it's cool, and and uh, but the but he never does the same thing twice um, in the same way, and so like all the times I've heard "tangled up in blue," I don't think I've ever heard him do like the same exact words. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> and then when he started bringing back the real live lyrics, um, I don't know, five years ago or whenever that was, that was that was a treat too. Yeah, it's it's always it's always different. It's always it's always different, but it's always amazing. I marvel how he keeps all that in his head. You know? Yeah, is how he just he must have a uh, a memory retention uh, part <laughs> of his brain that's just off the charts. Because I just don't know how I don't know how he can do it. He could remember all those songs and then remember alternate versions of those yeah. songs. Well, that's why I wonder. I mean, is is he really remembering that, or is he forgetting the words? And he's just so smart, like so brilliant that he can just make up equally impressive lyrics on the fly you know i'm not sure which it is it's probably not that but we don't know you know we don't know so okay that's interesting so well yeah lenny bruce uh this was an interesting choice in terms of how i do this show like as i've said i let guests uh decide what songs uh they want to listen to and or they want to do and then i pick from that group and i i kind of sometimes i like it when somebody picks something really obscure where I ever like it if it's a it's a kind of real meat and potato song, you know, like oh they're they're you know, take it up in blue or something. Oh, there's a lot to talk about. Don't think twice, that's all right. There's a lot to talk about that one. And then there are songs like Lenny Bruce, uh, where I admit that for many years, uh, when I was gobbling up Bob Dylan albums in the early nineties, I did not like this song. I didn't get it. I was like, I don't what what? Like, you know, I never was a big fan of Lenny Bruce. I appreciate him as a cultural uh icon and what he did at the time was certainly of knocking down walls but i never thought he was terribly funny and i i didn't really like the song i didn't get the lyrics the sort of weird almost nursery rhyme kind of uh, beat to it i didn't make any sense to me the the lines about cutting off babies heads i just this song just left me completely by the side of the road and for the most part i just said okay it's one of those songs i'm just uh, you know i mean he can't the man's done 500 600 700 songs i can't like every one sure. so fine i'll just leave that you know when i put the cd on i leave it on but for the most part not a favorite song or anywhere close to it then <laughs> then bob decided to start doing it live and i got to see him do it live on november 12th of 2019 in baltimore maryland and i got it i got it i you know i mean i still don't get it exactly <laughs> but emotionally it rung a bell with me that it had never done before and i was so amazed by that and it was one of my favorite performances in the, of the whole show and that was saying something because it was a damn good show yeah, it was. that i was so just continually impressed with this guy that even to this late stage he can still transform things that for a song that for i can't be the only one was just like really lenny bruce and yet he turned it into this whole other thing so i am fascinated why you wanted to do this song well i've always uh I've always really liked it a lot. I didn't know um, – I had never heard of, of Lenny Bruce, you know, when I was younger. So, it, like, I heard about him because of this song. And I don't know. I After I heard about him, I was like, well, why, 
why is this song about this person? I checked it out. It turns out he was a real guy. And so I went and uh, then I learned about him and watched movies about him and things like that. I was like, man, this is this guy's really something else. What what always kind of struck me, though, is when I'd watch or listen to his stand up comedy, um, I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. But then when I'd hear like his his official like albums, I've always I don't know. I'm like, huh, this is this is borderline listenable just because it, it was I don't know, something about the recording methods or something. But I feel like like his his stand up stuff was was just golden. But I also I, I love the 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 contrast between like, you know, uh, a few months earlier he was singing, you know, in the garden um, and now he's singing Lenny Bruce. It, well, in fact, just one track earlier, he was singing Property of Jesus, and now he's on to Lenny Bruce. And I just thought that was <laughs> such a, a, a neat, like, I guess Lenny Bruce not all that fond of, of uh, religions in general. And so the fact that Bob Dylan would revisit this person in cultural history at this time, it always struck me as weird, but cool. Like, you know, it must it must have been important for something. So, yeah, I just always thought the juxtaposition of the Christian music with this song about this man was always really neat somehow. It is a particularly uh, odd note to strike on Shot of Love, which is you know, presumably the third of his so-and-so, you know, so-called born-again trilogy. I yeah. mean, obviously, Shot of Love has a lot more other things on its mind than, than the previous two records in terms of their, their religious content. But it does seem strange that, yeah, to have a song called Property of Jesus, <laughs> and then, you know, two songs later, you're you're... Uh, deifying Lenny Bruce, who had no time for organized religion in no. really any way. No. Uh, at, at the time, Bob was asked why he even wrote this song, and he has a quote here, and he says, you know, I have no idea. I wrote that song in five minutes. I found it was a little strange after he died that people made such a hero out of him. When he was alive, he couldn't even get a break. And certainly now, comedy is rank, dirty, and vulgar. Wow, Bob matter what he thinks now and very unfunny and stupid wishy-washy and the whole thing but he was doing the same sort of thing many years ago and maybe some people aren't realizing that there was lenny bruce who did this before and that is what happened to him so these people can do what they're doing now i don't know so even bob's admitting it's just he doesn't he's not sure how the song came to him it just did and he got it down and you know, I have to think that coming off of uh, the period that he did where he was real – Bob, I'm talking about yeah. – was being pilloried for the religious conversion, although even though Slow Chain Crumbling was very well received and he won a Grammy and it was a big seller. But but critically, uh, Saved had been a giant bomb. He was probably feeling a little put upon, you know, a little uh, unappreciated. And so maybe he was relating – to Lenny Bruce, who was at the time, you know, now he's like, like Bob says in the quote, now he's deified. Now people see that he's one of the legends of comedy, one of pop mm, culture. Yeah. But at the time, he was basically hounded until he died. Yeah. Uh, and he was just, you know, abused by the police, abused by the, the law enforcement, uh, abused by the government, just punished to the point where he couldn't even perform anymore or work anymore. And so maybe yeah. that's where Bob was. But I will say for many years, like I said, I just didn't get it. And like I said, the, the lyrics that go on, I mean, the, um, in the, the second verse is maybe he had some problems, maybe some things that he couldn't work out, but he sure was funny and he sure told the truth and he knew what he was talking about. Never robbed any churches nor <laughs> cut off any babies' heads. Yeah. He just took the folk, he just took the folks in high places and he shined the light in their beds. He's on some other shore. He didn't want to live anymore. 
Lenny Bruce is dead, but he didn't commit any crime. He just had the insight to rip off the lid before it's time. I rode with him in a taxi once, only for a mile and a half. It seemed like it took a couple of months. Lenny Bruce moved on, and like the ones that killed him are gone. So again, that line, like the line that jumps out, is the, he never cut off any babies' heads. Yeah, it's like, well, is that it? Is that a compliment to somebody? I mean, <laughs> you know, really. And and so, like I said, for the longest time, I just I, I couldn't. I couldn't get I this I found this song just impenetrable but <laughs> but but you obviously so I mean what, what how does it work for you I mean I what what is it you said you liked it from the beginning and obviously yeah. it led you down the road to Lenny Bruce which you came to appreciate but I mean how does it work for you what is it what does it stir in you when you hear it It's um I don't know it, it's something about it is like the rawest thing on that record <clears throat> cuz it there's like presumably or seemingly no uh production on it it's just he's just at the piano and i i don't i don't recall just off the top of my head if there's other instrumentation in there or not i i think there's not but um it's uh it's like when he returns you know um mm. a lot of great tunes on that other record but then there's just something about that sort of stripped down thing and it makes you think huh this is this is probably important of course it could be just because it's an afterthought and that's why there's no production, but it makes it feel like it's pretty important. Um, and, uh, I, the line about the, the cutting off the baby's heads, that's uh, to me, um, that's right up there with in precious angel. When he says the line, we're covered in blood girl. And you're <laughs> like, wait, only, only Bob Dylan could take a very tender, lovely <laughs> love song and, and throw in the line. We're covered in blood girl. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, that that and uh but and the part about robbing any churches it, it's true that that Lenny Bruce to my knowledge never robbed any churches he did however go door to door dressed as a priest accepting donations for a leper colony uh, so all right now that's funny okay you could, you could argue <laughs> right. that in a roundabout way people thought they were giving their their money to to father matthias or whatever it was he called himself um and you know and then Lenny pocketed that but yeah that no that's I've got nothing but uh, nothing but good things to say about that. So yeah, but still technically not robbing a church. So I think it's good. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, that and and the other thing on that line, that part you were reading, that uh, uh, which one? Or was it the he's on another shore or the ones? That, he's on some other shore. He didn't right. want to live anymore. He says uh, later in the sorry that he had the insight to rip off the lid before it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it sound like a suicide, and right. it, it definitely not. Lenny Bruce was—I mean, he died yeah. of a drug overdose, and you could yeah. argue, on some level, that's a suicide, kind of. But but he he didn't actively take his life, as far as we know. Yeah, as as far as we know, and and it's interesting that he 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 kind of alludes to that twice. He talks about the ones that killed him. That's a whole different thing. But then he says he didn't want to live anymore, and and he had the insight to rip off the lid before it's time um it almost transforms lenny bruce into this like prophetic figure who says you know well i've given you all i all that i can and uh now it's time for you to move forth oh other people and you know as he rips off the lid and i don't know it's 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 a neat uh i guess it's just a neat little euphemism for a a drug overdose but I, i like it it's it's a cool lyric even as we're sitting here, it's funny. I, I, I it's never popped into my head, and before this moment, but the line about cutting off babies again—I keep going back to it. But oh, I mean, sorry. good lord! But I mean, the 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 
by using such an extreme example, I mean, a, I mean, the most extreme example you could imagine, he's almost, I could say Bob is almost underscoring the hysteria with which people uh, met uh, Lenny Bruce. I mean, obviously, uh, from our perspective in 2020, uh, looking back at Lenny Bruce, it's easy to look back at stuff from the 60s and see what people were upset about and, and kind of snort a little like, oh, you know, wow, they thought yeah. that was upsetting. And yeah. that's not necessarily fair because I'm sure 20 years from now or 30 years from now, people will be doing the same thing that uh, at us oh, yeah. now, uh, aside from saying, why didn't they wear masks? But uh, <laughs> it, it is... But I mean, at the same time, it's like all he did was say the F word occasionally yeah, and, and talk about some stuff that people didn't talk about in clubs where people were paying to hear that stuff. Yeah. It wasn't like he was going on Ed Sullivan and <laughs> broadcasting it across America and shoving it in your face when you didn't want it. He was yeah. giving something to people that they wanted. And yet the government was still like, no, 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 you're not allowed to do that, which seems, you know, when you look back on it absurd uh -huh. and so i could see bob in this line sort of being like okay let's go you know you're acting you're all being hysterical so let's take the furthest example of what somebody could do well you never cut off any baby's heads <laughs> it's sort of like a purposeful overstatement so now i'm kind of getting it so oh, just yeah, for that sense. michael thank you for wanting to do this episode hey, now man, i have a greater understanding that's why i'm here is to <laughs> give you that piece of insight that you also <laughs> just happened to give me at this moment so that uh <laughs> i you're, i do i never Thought about it. yeah that's, yeah that your sense. your comment about Precious Angel makes me think Bob could have a real career in writing Hallmark cards if he wanted if he wanted to give up songwriting <laughs> yeah. we're covered in blood girl happy that's birthday right. darling you can, <laughs> okay. you can see that you open up the the sympathy card it says Precious Angel and then you open it up and it says we're covered in blood girl <laughs> our maybe both, with our a little graphic were slaves yeah oh yeah. boy oh jeez <laughs> but <laughs> but but I will say so so the fact that he then decided uh, to to play this again after so long yeah. uh, and do it as a solo, uh, you know, just him on the piano with the spotlight on him. Have you, had you, have you seen him recently? You've seen yeah. him do this live? I saw him uh, in October. He was in, um, he was here in Lincoln, uh, Nebraska, not too far from where I am. So I, I saw it, I saw it then. And I've been waiting to hear this song for years. And cause he would play it like, I don't know, once or twice every eight years just to <laughs> toy with us, I guess. Um, and so when I saw that he was doing it again, I thought, well, this is this is my chance. He's probably going to stop playing it the night before I see him, <laughs> but, but I can still have hope. And so I got I saw it. Uh, it was great. I I, um, I bootlegged the show uh, and I listened and I got all the lyrics that he did so that we can compare if we need to. Um, it's it's mostly mostly the same, just a few little fun things. But oh, what did he change? I don't think I noticed that. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, uh, he never did make it to the promised land. Uh, that's that replaced the Golden Globes, I guess. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, never made it out of Babylon. Um, huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's this is what he was an outlaw, sad but true. More of an outlaw than even he ever knew. So there's that. Ooh, now. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. Damn it, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th this is, the, he might, uh, he probably just pulled that straight out of his ass and then, like, there it is. Like, brilliant. Yeah, I think the rest of it is, yeah, he still got the baby's headline in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, when I heard him do it, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I could hear that line. I, I was really, 
I mean, he really had when I saw him, he really had the the crowd in the palm of his hand. Not that he doesn't usually, yeah. but but in particular. And then when uh, he he went to the went to the keyboard, and I mean, I think he used that keyboard for most of the show. But when the lights went down and the spotlight just went on him for this, and you could it really like hushed the crowd. Yeah. And even for a song that's pretty obscure, obviously a lot of people knew it. And when he was done, people really went nuts over it. And yeah. you could tell he really was bringing something to it. And I said in that moment. Like emotionally, I felt that I was like, okay, this is his his tribute to this figure that was treated poorly at the time, and now you know, like it's almost like who's left to to write something about this 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 person that he admires? Well, he's like, I'll do it, I'll yeah. do it, and there's still figures like yeah. that, so I'm going to bring this out again. Now, you mentioned about playing it live. There's a couple interesting things to to remark about that. I looked over on BobDylan.com. And it says that he's only played it 117 times, which in the annals of Bob Dylan, still not that much. No. Um, but that number is not accurate because it says last played November 2nd, 2019. Well, that's not right because I saw him play it on November 12th, 2019. So they don't oh. have that. So now I'm taking all of the BobDylan.com stats into question. I've been yeah, using I, it every episode, and now I'm worried now. I don't know what's I, – I don't know what on. to believe. Yeah, I don't know what to believe anymore. I, just, I think yeah. – yeah, that's very upsetting. Yeah. But the other thing I wanted to mention in terms of live performances is in the 1986 – uh, concert film that was aired on HBO called Hard to Handle, oh, yes. which is Bob Dylan with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. He it was shot entirely in Australia. This song is part of that set, and I, you know, back when I worked at the Video Star, God, I always keep bringing up when I worked at the Video Star. I have to, I have to examine that. Um, <laughs> but when I worked at the Video Star, there wasn't that much Bob Dylan that I could put on. But I always, this was there, this concert tape, so Hard I put it on handle. a lot. Yeah. Hard to handle, yeah. and so to me, it's like. Well, that obviously now the song was was still relatively new by in 1986. It was four years old, but yeah. he that by putting it on a concert video, which there were only not that many of Bob Dylan doing, that he's giving it a platform and denying other songs that. And so to me, it's like he must have really either liked the performance or liked the song to give it space on an hour, you know, TV special. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, I t- I totally forgot. How much I loved uh, that! I was even thinking about it earlier today. Like, oh, I got to mention how awesome that hard to handle is. Uh, not, not for the least of, uh, for the well, there's that that way it opens up with him saying, "I'm going to sing you a song about my hero," um, <laughs> you know, and then then he just turn goes into this fiery hot in the garden where you could just kind of see it being the background music of someone just taking a beating. But <laughs> it's it's really anyway. That's neither here nor there. But this this performance. Um, of Lenny Bruce, uh, I think I heard that before I heard "Shot of Love" because I had a buddy who had a, uh, a, a copy of "Hard to Handle" on Beta. Uh, I don't know if you remember Whoa. Beta. Yeah. So anyway, we "Hard to Handle" got a lot of views. He also had a Beta VCR, thankfully. Um, I hope but, so. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you're just staring at the tape. That's right. Yeah. It's still <laughs> worth having, but it's better with a. Uh... Anyway, yeah. That that uh, that whole thing is fantastic. Anyway. That no, be. that's a really – someday I got to do a show on that on that uh, concert film because it's not really available for the most part. I don't think it was ever put on DVD. So it's, oh, it's I've kind got of, it on DVD. <laughs> do you have – is it a bootleg or is it a, uh, definitely is it a bootleg. actual release? Okay, yeah, all right. It, that or it's, it's, it might be official in 
the Far East, maybe, I but it's you. definitely not something that Columbia put out. So. Right. So, yeah, just one of the really interesting things about uh, Hard to Handle, not to get too far off of, of Lenny Bruce, is that concert film was directed by a film director, Gillian Armstrong. And it's kind of like uh, the way I would compare it is, is to uh, Hamilton now, where they got the cameras right up close to Bob. So you are getting to see him as close as you're ever going to get to him right in front of the microphone. And it's really cool. It's really neat to see him. And he's got this, uh, he's got like a hand solo vest on going on <laughs> yeah, and uh, his muscles. <laughs> he's got his muscle. He's got that. He's got that cut thing on his uh, bicep that guys yeah. get. So, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting uh, piece of Bob Dylan arcana to see him in a way that you really generally don't get to see him yeah. before. But anyway, but I really like that performance by the way of, of Lenny Bruce. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's a song, obviously, it's he returns to it just every so often and he wanted to he dug it out for these new concerts and wanted to represent it and they said i this is one of the reasons why i love this guy so much it's one of the reasons why i'm so devoted to him is that it's like the the restless the restless um a- effort to keep making things better or trying them differently never stops yep. and the fact that this was a song that i in my men- you know sort of mentally buried uh, and then yet he could then pull it out in 2019 and bring it alive for me again. To me, it's just astonishing. Uh, it's like we were talking about Tangled Up in Blue. He's always doing it differently. And you're like, yeah. boy, you never know what you might. You might get something amazing. It might be terrible or it might be amazing. But if somebody had said to me, you know, what are you hoping to see in Bob in 2019? I'm like, I'll just see a great show. But instead I got When I Paint My Masterpiece oh, Live yeah. and Lenny Bruce Live. Like – yeah. It's worth it just for that, you know. It's yeah. just great. It's reclaiming this song that I didn't have any interest in. So it's really cool. And we didn't um, want to read the words of the final verse. Is, okay. uh, he says, uh, they said that he was sick because he didn't play by the rules. He just showed the wise men of his day to be nothing more than fools. They stamped him and they labeled him like they do with pants and shirts. He fought a war in a battlefield where every victory hurts. Lenny Bruce was bad. He was the brother that you never had. And that third line, they stamped him and they labeled him like they do with pants and shirts. That's something I feel that a lot of musicians uh, or any creative type relate to where they're trying to create something, uh, be it a movie or a song or a play or a book. And, of course, once you throw it into the meat grinder of commerce, it, it gets stamped on and it gets processed. And it's like Billy Joel said in the song, the entertainer, the song becomes like another, like another can of beans. Yeah. You know, it's like it's and I always feel like Bob himself must have related to that because, of course, as I mentioned earlier, Saved had been a flop and he had presented uh, Columbia Records with a live album of the gospel shows and they passed on it. Yeah. Uh, and so he must have been feeling like, hey, I'm doing some of my best work here and it's being treated like it's this unwanted thing. So, I mean, obviously I could see Bob is relating to Lenny Bruce pretty hard here. Yeah. And he's just like, OK, this is this figure from my past and I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it forth in 1981 because maybe I'm feeling this way, too. And I have heard that the story about him sharing the taxi cab I've, I don't know whether that's true or not. I've heard some people say it's more Bob Dylan Falderall or that it really did happen. I don't I don't know. The one other thing I do want to mention about that little bit is in the video for Series of Dreams, uh, which is one of my favorite Bob Dylan video, there's a scene in that where uh, Bob Dylan is in the back of the taxi cab with John Lennon, and they superimpose Lenny Bruce's face over John Lennon for a second. 
And I just thought that was such a nice little touch. I thought, what a great little Easter egg for for fans. So, like I said, I, this this I again, I'm, this song has been reclaimed for me, and that is so exciting. Well, that's great. You've been saved. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got a shot of love, Michael. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not a shot of heroin. No, cure my disease. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, that's really that's really cool. Um, it, I will say one thing about seeing it live. You had the you know the hard to handle version, which was decidedly, I don't know, was more very intense. Um, when I saw it, and when you saw it, I, I imagine it was the same way. It was almost exactly like on the record. It, yeah, which very is, stately. Yeah, yeah, not not what you know. If you're if you've seen Dylan enough, you know that he doesn't usually do things just like on the record. But this was probably as close to anything I've heard him do. I mean, with the exception of maybe like time out of mind stuff when it first came out and I'm sure other things, but, but it was just very, you know, there was no, no real embellishment. It was very, it was very nice. Very nice. There was, there was something about his vocal performance live that really worked for me in a way that uh, I like more than the record version, but yeah, it, it has that same gospel piano feel to it, uh, which yeah. again, helps it fit in a little bit with, the overall, you know, born again trilogy of, of, of again, which supposedly Shot of Love is, is part. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I liked, there was something, uh, and again, I always find sometimes it's hard to understand him in concert just because of the acoustics or whatever. Yeah. But there was just something, there was like a gentleness to the, uh, to the vocal performance in the live version that's not there in the recorded one that mm. I really liked. I just, it was almost like a whisper. In yeah. some sort of way, and that really was stirring to me. And so, you know, like I said, it's it. it I like Shot of Love. I think overall, it's a really great record. There's some songs I like more than others, but this was always like my least favorite. But now it kind of isn't. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Michael. Hey, anything I can do to help? So, yes, <laughs> so... <laughs> I have to tell the story. I don't know, um, uh, not to you know steer anything here, but I have to tell the story of when I met uh, Mr. Bob Dylan that one time. Yeah, um, well, we're burying the lead here. Yeah, you got to tell that story. All right. Um, so uh, it was uh, April 4th, I think, of 2000. And he was in Salina, Kansas. I was with a couple of buddies. Um, and we had managed to find the place where the, you know, the rock stars got out of the buses and things. So um, we just parked there and stood out there. And there was a lady there uh, who was also doing the same thing we were. And, and so but she was in a wheelchair. And so then, you know, we see, uh, you know, Charlie Sexton comes out and then Tony Garnier comes out of the bus and then we're all like, hi. And they're, they look a little scared. And then Bob comes out and starts <laughs> walking right towards us. Like, okay, well, this was unexpected. Um, so we're like, oh shit, what do we do? What do we do? And so he, he comes, he goes straight to the lady in the wheelchair and he, he says, oh, what happened? <laughs> like that, right? Oh my so, God. Wow. Yeah. And, and she goes, well, it was a, a car accident. And he says, well, how are you getting home? <laughs> and and she says, I, I got a ride. And he's like, all right. And then he just starts signing things. That was the conversation um, that he had with this woman. I don't if, – if I were her, I would have said, well, I don't have a way home, Bob. Can I ride on your bus? But, um, <laughs> you know, I guess, but, but, uh, but I can see because as the next part of the story will show, it's easy to become tongue-tied um, in these situations. And so he just starts signing things and there weren't that many of us out there. So he didn't get like overwhelmed or spooked, I think. So it was, it worked out. I, uh, he signed the back of my ticket. Uh, and then the people 
at the venue um, were nice enough not to tear the ticket. So I still got that untorn. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Oh. Yeah. So it was. It was cool because after he signed it, I was like, yes, yes. Oh, shit. Now I can't get in the show. They're, you know, they're going to have to rip it up in half. But they were cool about it. But when after he signed my ticket, I, I said, you're my hero. And he proceeded to just ignore me entirely. <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, uh, uh, and he was wearing this this red and black striped shiny shirt. I don't know how else to describe it. Because he, I mean, he dresses in, I guess he just will wear LeMay clothing wherever, whenever. So, um, I said, uh, I, I, I like your shirt. Where'd you get it? And then he, he was facing away from me by now. And, and he kind of turned uh, about halfway around and said, I got it at the gap. And then he just kind of did a half smile and then moved on. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> so that was, that's my, that's my old story of, of how I found out that Bob Dylan shops at the gap. Um, so. <laughs> So I mean, okay. I mean, how do you, with the with the benefit of hindsight, how do you feel about that experience? Do you feel like that he was a little churlish, or do you feel like, oh, you know, no, you you it was okay? I mean, you, what? How did you? What was your takeaway from it? Now, I I thought, um, well, I, I thought I couldn't I couldn't uh, possibly have um, act, acted any stranger, but um, but his his reaction was just perfect. First of all, that, that he, uh, that he just entirely ignored that. I'd said I was, his, uh, he was my hero, right. but then to just, when I asked him where he got his shirt, just that he had the wherewithal to like kind of turn around and give me a ridiculous <laughs> answer and then smile and then move on. I was like, what? <laughs> that's good. He really is as brilliant as he seems. <laughs> he may have gotten it at the gap, Michael. Well, he might know. have, and that's the other great thing about it. Either way, it's, it's win, win. Yeah. Um, Either either he's he's keeping the gap in business, or else he's still just um, displaying that famous Dylan wit. <laughs> so it's that's that's amazing. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, are were, we were you struck by? I don't want to go too much about this because I don't. I always get a little. I don't know. I always feel like yeah. meaning too much about meeting the man, but I also don't know many that many people that have actually met him. No. What what was you like? I like you mentioned at the top of the show about how I say I get that. When you're in when you're in the hall with him, you're like, God, that's the guy. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy. Did you have that moment? Well, or you were just panicking because he's walking towards you. I think I think yes and yes. I mean, it was <laughs> it, it was like I I I probably shouldn't go into detail about how much time I've spent near tour buses hoping to see him, mm -hmm. um, hoping to meet him. In fact, the first time I saw him in Mankato, Minnesota, I did actually see him i got into a, you know within a couple feet of him he had a towel over his head and he kind of looked over and then got on the bus mm. so that didn't really count but anyway so i i've been like preparing for this moment for so long and i'm like oh yeah i'm i've got nothing you know <laughs> <laughs> nothing to say here it is but i i was i and i i think i may have heard people say this on your show before too but i was struck at how i felt like he should be taller um, he's a relatively short guy. Yeah. And, and, and I knew, I mean, the, the first time I saw him, I was like, oh, wow, no, cause you see him on freewheel and, and he's like so tall, it seems mm -hmm. somehow. Um, I'm like, no, he's, he's kind of little, but then when you're like right next to him, like, you're like, wow, no, that's, that's very, very, anyway, it was, that struck me. I feel like he should be like 16 feet tall and <laughs> right. several thousand pounds or something. He's right. just, I mean, right. 
I mean, he's, when you see him, when you see him up on a stage like that, he's looming because he's on the stage, and of course, he just seems like the, he's he just seems so massive as in a sort of like metaphysical way. Yeah. That the, yeah. if you see him and you're like, oh. and and it's funny when you look at that freewheeling cover, he's like five seven, I think, Bob, five yeah. seven, five eight, and Suze Rotolo is like up to his arm. I'm like, how tall was Suze Rotolo? Is she like <laughs> five one? Like, what is that about? Be, so I don't, different know. I don't know. That is something. So, well, that uh, what did you do with the ticket? I mean, you have it framed somewhere. Oh yeah, I've got it. I've got it. Actually, no, no, I, it's not framed. Um, I, I put it in a frame for a while, but it kept like threatening to fall out of the somehow like anytime i'd pick it up it'd like sort of slide out of the frame because it wasn't okay. professionally framed so right now it's just sitting in my copy of chronicles so hey that's cool that's a fun wedged, place to wedged put in it there. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, last question about this can oh, you yeah. read his signature at all like does yeah. it or are you, so it clearly says bob dylan it's not like it's a, a chicken scratch and you have to tell people no that's really bob dylan's signature no if if i mean it, it's it's not flawless penmanship but it's pretty it's clearly bob dylan i think um, very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's a very good signature too. It's, All right, that's cool, man. Hey, yeah. I, I, I. Sometimes I think I would love to try that, and then other times I'm like, uh, I don't. You know, well, they <laughs> it's say, like I'm they so say scared. I have a bad experience. Yeah, and, they say know. never to meet your heroes, right? But that's only if you're going to spend any time with them. I think it's a great idea to meet your heroes if they immediately leave after you meet them, because then you you can't be disappointed by whatever you find out that they are. So. Probably fair. Anyway, yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, that's that's fantastic. You mentioned that in your first email to me, and I'm always like, oh, God, I got to hear about this story. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's really cool. That's a, that's an amazing, amazing story. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. That's great that you got that, piece, especially a, a tick. Like, that's like the perfect artifact to have, a yeah. concert ticket with his signature on it, because that seems to be really where he's at is is playing live. Yeah. And so having it with that, you know, having a Bob Dylan concert ticket with his name on it and then as your bookmark in Chronicles is pretty cool, man. Yeah, thanks. No, I, I'm uh, – yeah, I'm happy that all went down for sure. Is that the kind of thing like in case of fire, that's the first thing you're grabbing? Yeah, yeah. I, I never sleep too far from it. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Excellent. Well, I, hey, Michael, thank you so yeah. much for stopping by and talking oh. about Lenny Bruce. Like I said, I love – being able to reconsider songs that I might have dismissed. And uh, this was great to wait a chance to talk about it. And I'm glad I got to hear that story uh, live. That's really fun. So thank you so much yeah. for doing this. Well, thank, thank you so much for having me. It was a real, uh, a real pleasure. And, and I hope to uh, circle back around sometimes. So. There's a whole bunch more songs to go. Yes, there are. <laughs> so, well, uh, that's going to do it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Of course, if you want to subscribe to Pod Dylan, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Back episodes are on our website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. We're always talking Bob over on Twitter at pod underscore Dylan. And finally, if you want to support the Fire and Water Podcast Network, go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. And there you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be name-checked on a show of your choice. So big thanks to Robert Ward, Steve Cronin, Patrick Carroll, and another supporter who will remain masked and anonymous for their donations towards Pod Dylan. So that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you later. Bye-bye. Lenny Bruce is dead, but his ghost lives on and on. Never did get any Golden Globe award, never made it to was an outlaw That's for sure 
Yeah.